Dear listeners, welcome to Faces of Digital Health, a podcast about digital health and how healthcare systems around the world adopt technology with me, Tiasha Zeitz. In 2017, 58 million people across the world were living with limb amputation due to a traumatic cause. Apart from accidents, a person might need an amputation due to vascular diseases and diabetes. You might have come across increasingly sophisticated prosthetic limbs which mimic human movements. The problem is that these are extremely expensive. A simple cosmetic prosthetic costs around 5,000 US dollars, a functional prosthetic with a hook up to 10,000 US dollars, and the latest myoelectric tech-enhanced ones cost up to 100,000 US dollars. We'll dive into the topic with Dima Gazda, CEO and founder of Esper Bionics. We spoke about the development of the prosthetics market, how Esper Bionics operates, given that it has facilities in Ukraine. Dima also mentioned how artificial limbs are soon going to have capabilities that humans don't. Prosthesis will be very close by dexterity to biological hand, hands you and I have, and they will be improved over time, and in many actions they will be actually better than biological hand, like sometimes stronger, sometimes faster, sometimes there will be extra functions. Before I leave you to the discussion, I have to mention that you can now subscribe to our newsletter. It's published on a monthly basis and includes relevant insights in the digital health space and will give you an overview of the past episodes. We publish it only once a month, so your inbox will not be spammed with messages from us. But even if you don't listen to the episodes regularly, you will be up to date with the topics covered in the last month. Find the link to the latest newsletter in the show notes. And for more info and the blog posts, visit facesofdigitalhealth.com. Dima, thank you very much for joining this discussion about the prosthetics industry, about the impact that an accident or a consequence of a cardiovascular disease or diabetes can have on individual when he or she loses her limb. Prosthetics are widely needed in 2017. 57.7 million people were living with limb amputation due to traumatic causes worldwide, and we have to add the number of people that lost their limb due to diseases to this number. So there's a large population of people that need prosthetics. What kind of brought you into the field? What got you interested in this? The prosthetic industry has big problems and doesn't have enough solutions. But we have started three years ago as a team of five. Now we are a team of 20. I'm, I'm by background medical doctor and electronic engineer. And we have started with the exact vision that the biggest impact on humanity will have electronic implants. It will be bigger than auto, space tech, and robotic industry combined. And the birthplace of this technology will be the prosthetic industry. Because 
prosthesis are ideal for charging data receiving data processing from electronic implants. And there are millions who already use them. And therefore, we have started here, and we have started from wearable devices, from like non-implanted electronics, that's, but wearables, and you can put off and put on very quick without any like operations needed. And we have started this with this long-term goal. By helping millions of people here, we can unlock technologies that will prolong and fulfill lives of billions of people later. Mm-hmm. That almost sounds as if uh, prosthetics is just like the first stage for you, but you're actually more interested in how the implantable market is going to develop. We can say so, but implanted electronics is also a huge part of prosthetic industry long term. We do not separate the steps. It's all one step. The technologies that will help people here will help people in other fields. You mentioned that the prosthetics market has several challenges. What did you mean by that? So what are the challenges that you are observing Functionality, accessibility, I would divide on the possibility to reimburse, to cover by reimbursement the price of the product and the price of the product. So how are you addressing that? If we are a little bit more specific, a cosmetic prosthetic can cost a few several thousand US dollars. If you want to have a more functional prosthetic with a hook, it's between up to 10,000 US dollars. But if you want to be, if you want to use something that's a little bit more sophisticated, so that it has electronics, that it has additional functions, we're talking about the costs up to $100,000 or even more. So how do you address that issue? We do not yet have final price and price and will be different for different versions and different markets will have different versions of the product. Our main goal to make it reimbursable in majority of countries worldwide. We understand mm-hmm. this is possible by making different versions for different countries. In US, this, this is the biggest market right now in the world. So we're starting here and it should be reimbursable in 90% of cases in US. And with this, we can go with average price comparing with other multifunctional hands. But right now we are getting suggestions on price and we don't have final price for the market. Therefore, I can't share it. Can you talk a little bit about the path that you took with the company? So you founded several companies in Ukraine before moving to the US in 2019 with Esther Bionics and you're still currently in the US, unfortunately, given what you're working on. So the bionic hand and the prosthetics is something that's going to be probably needed in Ukraine, given the current situation. So how do you see the broader market and maybe the market in Ukraine before the war and the market in the US? How do you compare the landscapes for your development of this medical device? Yeah. So initially, our 
the main market for us was the US and the second was European Union. Many of our teammates are in Ukraine and we have got big R&D facilities there. We had to relocate R&D facility immediately after the war has started. And right now there are hundreds of cases of uh, hand or arm amputations in Ukraine. And that's not only about military cases. Most of cases are civilians because Russia as a terrorist country is bombing right now, is bombing peaceful cities all over the Ukraine. And the civilians suffer. That's not the war against our arm. This the war against Ukrainians. And mm-hmm. yes, we're going to cover, I hope, most of cases in Ukraine. And for this, like we are preparing on the system for this. We have time for this to prepare because when someone gets this big trauma, there, sh- there needed time to heal. Residual limb should heal before installation of hand prosthesis. doesn't matter. We actually haven't talked about how your bionic hand works. So maybe you can explain a little bit how the mechanics works, because it's not just a prosthesis. You are combining various sorts of technologies and approaches for the best possible outcome for the patient, combining mechatronics, AI and IoT. So the the actual artificial limb works as the normal limb. So how does it work? Yeah, so this is fully wearable device. No implanted electronics needed to control the hand right now. It is controlled by a surface sensors that are located on a skin surface and detect which muscle exactly was activated in forearm or shoulder in residual limb. This works, so this is called EMG, electromyography. It works in similar way with ECG electrocardiography when few sensors on a skin surface can detect how heart muscle activates. So you actually don't need to add any implants to the patient because that's some of the some companies take that approach. We bet that it's not time right now for this because it slows down a lot market penetration and needs a lot of extra actions. We bet that wearable technologies right now on this stage can give much better results and help much bigger amount of people. And uh, implanted electronics later will give higher precision and, uh, and also feedback from the prosthesis itself. It will be forward, but it will take time and it shouldn't be done right now. There are more effective ways to help people right now. So how complicated it is for a person to start wearing your bionic arm? The bionic arm is the current product, right? Out of the prosthetics for limbs. It depends very much on cases. For example, if anyone, like if the user have tried before, multifunctional hand has multifunctional hand with socket and robotic hand itself. We can just put off robotic hand and put on our hand and he or she will start to use it right now. If there needed new socket with our sensors, 
or some other more advanced sensors than existing on the market. We, there will be needed some time to train. Let's you and I will train new type of joystick. It can take a few days, one week, up to, let's say up to one month. And over time, with our control system, months after months, the system will be better and better understand, understanding the user behavior and uh, updates control algorithm over time. That is improvement of control over time, individualization of control. How is that development? How does that development look like? So, for example, what's the number of patients that you're working with to just improve these algorithms? So, in the end, they're really going to a fine tune to the individual user. The part of improvement depends on number of users. You are right, but the main part of improvement, individualization of the product, is only one user is needed for this. Only this particular user. And for example, user takes cup from a table five times. On sixth time, we can find out. We can the prosthesis can understand that probably user again will use cup grip and will help to choose it in advance. How does it work? These updates work due to software platform that periodically receives data from the hand, sees in which conditions which grip were preferred by user, and updates control algorithms over time. An interesting thing about you, the company is that you really position yourself as basing your work on empathy. So can you tell me a little bit more about how the development looks like on a daily basis? What drives you? The mental health aspect is really important in the prosthetics because over 30% of amputees are troubled with depression. They experience emotional changes, obviously physical discomfort. So it's a radical life event, clearly. I'm just curious a little bit on the motivation that you have and the decision to position yourself the way that you did. Our main motivation is is understanding how many people will get help here and in prosthetic industry and by technologies that will be unlocked by our activity in the prosthetic industry. That's matter of life. How do we spend our life? Like we can exchange exchange our lime lifetime to some something small, or we can exchange our lifetime to the biggest impact possible. And just feeling this huge impact we are going for, and understanding that it will be creation of life. People will live longer because of this, and it will be a real fulfilled life of other people, of millions and billions around the world. And then feeling this life you are creating, this great motivation. We mentioned earlier that, yes, indeed, tens of millions of people face amputation across the world. And if you can enable them to, again, have a functional limb that clearly makes them a more active part of society, would improve just life quality and, in essence, they can contribute to society better. So I wonder what's the most difficult 
think for you and what do you see as the most challenging thing in the industry as such, apart from the affordability and reimbursement that we mentioned earlier? I think that number one problem when we talk about global markets is bureaucracy. That's the reason why global market as it is in prosthetic industry is not exist. Different countries have very different roles and uh, That's that's number one problem of all the global market, I would say. And number one challenge for young companies like we are who is planning to expand worldwide and help mm -hmm. people over the world. Second reason, I would say there are problems of logistics or ability to, in some many regions all over the world, Prosthetic industry is not enough modern or professional to provide multifunctional hands. And this learning curve for some regions in the world is something we will we will push in our roadmap. I know we mentioned earlier that you started this company in the US. It's a big market, so it, it will allow you to do a lot of testing and just really refine the end solution and maybe then go to other markets that are more fragmented as the Europe definitely is. But I still want to dig a little bit deeper into the whole Beth, if you could explain how that shift to the U.S. happened, because a lot of startups perhaps start in Europe, but after they already have a product and look for a bigger market, they then consider going to the U.S. and try to scale there. But you did it differently. So you moved to the U.S. and started developing the solution there. So the U.S. was the primary target market from the get-go. Mm, yes. So from from the idea of the company, of we have the next stage was to develop this roadmap to this final goal. How should we do this? And to make it possible, this path to electronic influence, we should build sustainable company with wearable prosthetics. And to make it possible, we should evaluate markets in advance, not before starting the company and the actions like of building the company. We should evaluate markets and speak with experts in different markets. And from day uh, from first days we knew that US market is much better for younger companies because it's much bigger. And starting in Europe you will just redo a lot of actions when you will expand to the biggest market. And U.S. market has good enough reimbursement system. We can go with, is, there is less need to push in very affordable product and affordable product, which is, I think, all affordable products are more complicated than expensive products. This is something that will come, come step by step. Similar to this, for example, Tesla has started from more expensive Teslas and then come to the most affordable, the most complicated product. And the same way we are going to go, we will have more affordable products step by step. But it's better to start in the US because it is financed very well when you are starting 
because obviously you are starting from more expensive product because R&D goes this way of all hardware devices. Also, I would like to mention that from day one, we were a distributed company. And right now we have office in New York, which is our headquarter. And we have here business activity. We have office R&D facility in Berlin, Germany, and in Kiev, Ukraine, which is temporarily relocated to Ivano-Frankivsk and mm-hmm. partially in Lviv. But all the team and facilities will come back. We just waiting right now. How do you see the development of your product and the prosthetic market? So what's your vision regarding the future, given that you are already combining several digital technologies, AI, IoT, and wearable devices? Prosthesis will be very close by dexterity to biological hand, hands you and I have. And they will be improved over time. And in many actions, they will be actually better than biological hand. Like sometimes stronger, sometimes faster. Sometimes there will be extra functions. For example, to control digital world around by sensors you're using. People who wear prosthesis can tap not by five fingers, but by all muscles they have in residual part of the limbs and They will type faster than you and I, much faster, five times or more. And this community of users of large wearables will be first augmented community and more functional, especially in digital world, than you and I. And these technologies will spread to other industries. And there will be and there will be communities of first users of this sensors, same sensors technologies that are used in prosthetic industry, but they don't have problems. They want just to be more functional in digital world. Like humanity will step by step transformed to human augmentation. That's a very interesting prediction. One thought did cross my mind, though. We started with the challenge of pricing and affordability of these prosthetic limbs. So I'm wondering what you see as the biggest factor that's hindering these technologies and these prosthetics to be more affordable because in any technology we see that it's usually very expensive in the beginning until you figure out how you can make it cheaper. So what are the factors here? Is it the materials? Is it the fact that more and more electronics is embedded in these solutions? When we start talking about electronics and software, that potentially means that the maintenance is more demanding in the long term. So it's not that you just need 100,000 US dollars for the arm. Maybe you will have to get a new one in 10, 20 years time. What are the thoughts there? I think that the reason number one is that big players today, they don't have motivation to reduce prices. And just on the markets, on their markets, they are their products are covered by insurance reimbursement and they are on high prices and they are okay with this. Step by step will appear players that can make more affordable products. And Esper Bionics will also provide separate versions of products that will be more affordable. And this will change prices step by step. They will go down. Big players will go down. And just 
time is needed for this. I think if big players would have motivation, the price could be dropped like twice, but they just don't have motivation yet. They are waiting other players to push the market, this vector, and we are one of the companies that will do this. You've been listening to Faces of Digital Health. If you enjoyed the show, do leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcast. And if you haven't yet, do subscribe to the show. In that way, you'll be automatically notified about the new episodes. We also started publishing a newsletter. It includes relevant insights in the digital health space and will give you an overview of past episodes. We publish it only once a month, so your inbox will not be spammed with messages from us. So check out the link to the latest newsletter and subscribe. Stay tuned.